Coming up in this episode of An Older Gay Guy Show. And if you're always saying that you're picking losers who don't treat you nicely, or all the guys you try to have a relationship with are a bunch of whores, as I often ask, what is the common denominator? You, my friend, you are the common denominator. Wow, it is so incredible to think that this coming week is Thanksgiving, and then two seconds later it's going to be Christmas, and then it's going to be New Year's, and then boom, we're into the dead of winter, and then spring and summer. And believe it or not, it goes by super, super fast, especially if you're trying to time it in with changes in your body, if you're dieting or trying to build muscle or whatever, it flies by. <laughs> it's like you don't have any time at all. It's crazy. I want to welcome any new listeners. I know I've been picking up a lot of new listeners recently from the Pride 48 Network. I want to thank them again for carrying me and welcome to all new people. Today's episode, I am surprisingly pretty excited about. I know I don't say that often enough, but I'm pretty excited about this. The fact of the matter is I've discussed dating quite a bit on this podcast. My third episode of the podcast ever was called Gay Dating. I also discussed dating a bit in the episodes What Happened to Gay Bars, Gay Aging, Self-Esteem as We Age, No One Alone, the Breaking Up is Hard to Do series, and I'm pretty sure it trickled into a bunch of other episodes also. I talk a lot about dating. And I've always admitted, and I want to really put that out there right now before we start today's episode, I am no expert on dating by any means. It's just that I've had a lot of dates, probably way too many, more than the world intended, more than the universe intended for me to have. The only kind of date I ever want to have moving forward is with my husband. So fingers crossed that that will be how it will be. But whenever I try to think up subject matter for this show, I'm always pulled back to some sort of topic that touches on socialization and dating. It is the content of most of my emails from listeners. Loneliness, the desire to be actively dating, feeling isolated, feeling depressed. This is what I hear most from those that write to me. And I welcome those emails. I welcome emails, whether they're positive or they're negative, if you're asking for advice or if you just want to give a comment. I welcome all of those kinds of emails. And I wish I had a blanket answer that I could suggest would work for everyone. Because no one, no one wants to be alone in their older years. Friends are wonderful, family too, but neither truly fulfills that desire for intimate companionship with a boyfriend or a husband. Now, I've told you all parts of my history, if you've been a regular longtime listener or a pod faster, and by the way, that's a new term, for those that listen 
to the entire back catalog of episodes from a podcast when they first discover the podcast. And I know a whole bunch of you have done that. You listen to one episode and then you've liked them, so you go back and you listen to all my past episodes. Podfasters sometimes listen to episodes on a faster speed because you can speed them up usually on most of the applications that are out there. So pod fasting are really that people listen to episodes all the way through, but they listen to them on a faster speed so they can get all these multiple episodes done in a short period of time. I like the term pod faster, but in my previous episodes, I certainly, I think, made it clear that my goal from when I was but a little boy has always been for a marriage, a forever committed and monogamous marriage. Fingers crossed again that that is how it will be. But I think my now 14 years and counting of therapy have yielded me many ideas and methods of behavioral changes and general suggestions about life. I tend to spew that on to some of my clients and friends and lucky you folks, <laughs> you're now all my friends too, so you get to hear it. So I think after all that therapy, I think, at least I hope, that I can give a bit of insight or at least, you know, some ideas for you to think about things. That's always my goal, to leave you with things to ponder in your mind. And you might agree with me, you might disagree with me, that doesn't matter. Either way, I do very much appreciate that you listen to the podcast, and I hope that you do indeed get something out of the podcasts. Not just the erotic stories, but also some of the info ones I do, like this one. So, my name is Joey Hernandez, and this is Why Can't I Find a Boyfriend? Season 3, Episode 6 of An Older Gay Guy Show. A quick note about an awesome gift that you could give for Christmas. Tom Baertz, an artist and actor, you may know him as Philip Chancellor III on the TV soap opera The Young and the Restless. He was one of my uh, boy crushes in the 1980s. Oh, he was hot. If you don't know who this dude is, his character back on The Young and the Restless when he was a teenager and then he went into his early 20s, my, 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 that man was hot. He still actually is extremely, extremely hot. He paints portraits and he did a painting of Paco and me that I'm going to show you after I give him his gift tomorrow, which is the 20th. Paco and I will be together for five years tomorrow. Married for two, just over two, and together for five. He's a great painter in his portraits. They make incredible personal gifts, and that's why I know that Paco's going to be super excited to see this beautiful, beautiful painting that Tom did for us. He paints people, and he also paints your pets, and he also does some landscape work, but his concentration is on portraits. You can check out his work at Tom Bertz, and that's T-H-O-M-B-I-E-R-D-Z, all one word, Tom Bertz, dot 
www.thepodcastmaker.com. And as a special for my listeners only, from now until Christmas, Tom is offering 50%, off his usual cost of his paintings, which come fully framed, by the way. And I got mine in the most beautiful frame. It actually matches some other photos that Paco and I have of each other, which... And in addition to the 50% off, you will receive a signed photo and an inscription on the backside of your portrait. And also, just for my listeners, Tom will send an autographed copy of his book, Forgiving Troy, which is an account of his own life and how he dealt with a horrendous experience of having his brother stab their mother to death. How Tom coped with all of that and how he was able to work through being able to still have his brother in his life today is absolutely fascinating. It's an honest look at how a young celebrity handles this kind of traumatic experience. It's absolutely riveting. Even if you don't order one of his paintings, go online and order one copy of his book because it's an amazing book. It is not a depressing book. It's a very uplifting, love-of-life kind of book. So check out Tom's paintings and his book at TomBerdst, T-H-O-M-B-I-E-R-D-Z, dot com. And mention an older gay guy show if you do place an order so Tom can give you the amazing deal that, once again, is just only for the listeners of this podcast. I'll post a picture of the portrait of Paco and me in a few days after I give it to Paco, and I'll put it on the An Older Gay Guy Show Facebook page. So look for it there. But meanwhile, I know you want to get a boyfriend. So let's move on to Why Can't I Find a Boyfriend? Okay, so I'm going to start off by saying the word that I think is going to be the most important. I've said it in other episodes, and that is introspection. That is defined as the examination or observation of one's own mental and emotional processes. I've said that term numerous times. Now, please, if you are a regular listener of here, please don't say to yourself, oh, here he goes again. I've heard this all before. I will admit to you at the start here is that maybe some of what I'm going to say I've touched upon in other episodes, but in today's episode, I'm going to take it a step further and I'm going to give you an exercise that I think is going to be really important to this self-evaluation. I want us to really, really dive into our psyches. So, come on. It'll be fun. Illuminating, maybe. Terrifying. Yeah. Exhilarating. Depressing. Oh, I better quit while I'm ahead. And loaded, probably with a lot of feely-good, vibrational, wave-lengthy kind of goop. Or... Perhaps, and I will admit this, perhaps it's really just going to be a bunch of shit. I don't know. But no matter, we truck on, and I hope that some of this will give you some pause for thought. 
it is hard for us to see how others see us. We have an image in our mind of what we look like and how we act, but that's not always a true visual of what others experience when they're in our company. And as an example, think when your voice is recorded. When played back to us, the majority of us absolutely cringe at the sound. It's not the way that we expected that we would sound. It's not the way that we hear ourselves within our own head. And although we see our own image in the mirror every day, sometimes when we are photographed, especially if it's in a candid moment when we're not aware that our photo is being taken, we're shocked at how we look in that photograph. Is this really how we sound? Is this really how we look? Well, the answer is actually yes, and it's actually no. It is a reality in that how our voice is heard, the tonality, the inflection, the volume, etc., those indeed are the definitive aspects of how our voice sounds. But to others that know us, our voice can sound differently. If you're speaking to someone that loves you, they hear the tone and the aspects of your voice that they wish to hear. Maybe it has a romantic sound, thus giving their heart a beautiful sound to hear. Or the opposite, maybe it's the sound of a wild beast ready to be released and to devour you. Maybe that kind of voice tone gets them sexually aroused and excited. As well as you purposefully change the tonality of your voice when you speak to someone that you love. It might be a small, very slight difference, but yet it is there. And if someone has a negative impression of you, whether they dislike you for whatever reason, it really doesn't matter, or they come from a place, say, of jealousy of you, where they need, in their own mind, to reduce you and put you down, to them, they are going to hear and search out the small aspects within your voice that they can use as an affirmation to themselves that you do indeed fit this negative image. And where photographs are concerned, capturing an off-guard moment might indeed be how you appear, but the camera is capturing a millisecond of your movement. And while, yes, that is how one might see you if you are somehow frozen in this weird, unusual position, and I'll, I'll use my own videos on YouTube as an example. If you freeze my face for a second, pause, pause it in the tape, and I'm in the middle of speaking, my mouth might be open, my eyes might be in the process of blinking. Is that how I truly look? Well, <laughs> yes, damn it, yes, it is, but, but that is just a frozen dot in the movement of my face. It's not a good representation of what I would look like if you were speaking to me directly. When we're talking together, your mind is watching a movie of me when you're speaking face to face. And therefore, your mind won't freeze one of those milliseconds, so one doesn't really look like that. 
Most photographs that we like of ourselves are actually posed photographs. We might be wearing the clothes that we'd like to be photographed in, or we might have shaved and combed our hair, or in my case, combed our bald. <laughs> the application store wouldn't be filled with a bunch of selfie adjustment apps if we didn't care to put forth the very best image possible. So these sounds of your voice and images of you are indeed the way you really are, but we can't judge ourselves based on those we'll be judging ourselves really too harshly. Even the best and the most seasoned of actors will tell you that it took them some time to be able to accept how they look and how they sound on TV or on the big screen in the movies. Some of the great actors will even admit that they can't watch themselves in a movie because they become too self-conscious and that will affect their future performances. But other performers are just the opposite. Just like sports teams rewatch their own performances to learn from them, so do many Broadway dancers or movement performers. They gain much needed insight with a subjective evaluation of how they appear, and sometimes learning to have such a subjective eye for ourselves in appearance and in sound and very, very importantly, in behavior can make all the difference. So what, you ask, does any of this have to do with finding a boyfriend? Well, good question. So let's first recognize that our impression of ourselves is often flawed. We can't really hear ourselves from within our own heads as others can in the outside world, and nor can we effectively view ourselves even in a mirror, because as many people with a body dysmorphic disorder can attest, you often don't evaluate yourself from a non-biased point of view as you gaze at yourself. If you've lost weight, many don't see it in themselves when they look in the mirror. It probably has a lot to do with your particular mood at the time. If you're in a positive mood, a happy mood, you may see your weight loss. But if you're in a negative mood, you're depressed for whatever reason, that's going to creep back into your visual of yourself. And you're going to see yourself as if you haven't lost a lot of weight. And now let's add in the complication of our behavior. If you were to ask people if their behavior is mostly acceptable, the majority of people would reply that their actions toward and in the company of others is just fine. Most people think they act pretty normal, but think for a moment of how many people you've known in the past or maybe even in the present who basically act like complete asses. Perhaps you and your friends or your co-workers or your family try to avoid such people when their behavior is too loud or too brutish or especially embarrassing. And yet it often seems like these people don't even realize that their behavior is unacceptable. They're 
completely clueless about it. Most of the time, they don't even notice that people are trying to avoid them. And yet maybe all your other friends are trying to give that person the cold shoulder as often as they can. It seems that when people lack basic, decent social behavior, they don't seem to get the hint, even though you're trying to give this very subtle, very kind approach to non-confrontation and to not really explain to people what the problem is. So perhaps we don't evaluate ourselves from other people's perspectives enough. And if you're always saying that you're picking losers who don't treat you nicely, or all the guys you try to have a relationship with are a bunch of whores, as I often ask, what is the common denominator? And I'm sure you already realize that you, my friend, you are the common denominator. And that is very difficult to see and even more difficult to accept. But without seeing this in yourself, without that acceptance, there can be no change. And if there's no change, then you are going to be doomed to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. So don't you really want that to end? Don't you really want to make whatever changes are necessary that's going to open you up more for a relationship, to allow people to see the aspects of you that are the best aspects, that won't be clouded over potentially by bad behavior or bad appearance, like hygiene and things like that. You want to put forth your best image. Of course you do. And sometimes you have to step outside yourself to learn that. And so, my friends, I bring to you a challenge, an exercise, a fact-finding mission that will potentially open your eyes and set you free. If you dare. If you can view this as a gentle experiment to gain needed insight that will help you truly evaluate your situation. Remember, knowledge is power, and that power can set change in motion that will result in new perspectives of your life. So here's what you do. Select a friend. Now, maybe not your very best friend, because they love you and their judgment might be clouded, or at the very least, they wouldn't want to participate because they wouldn't want to hurt you or jeopardize your friendship. So maybe leave your very best friend out of this. Rather, find a friend who has known you a long time, one that is close, but not too close, one you trust and one whose opinion you value but you aren't so close as to be biased. Now, that in itself, just that finding of that friend is going to be difficult. And you might have to ask a few people, you might have to think about it for a while until you realize what friend might be best for this exercise. And very importantly, they have to be willing. Willing enough to take a small chance on truthfulness. And you yourself have to be completely prepared to hear the truth. So once that's all said, <laughs> however long that takes, 
Next, explain your frustration in not being able to find a boyfriend. Share this podcast if you want, and let me explain the suggested exercise if you'd rather. And what you want to say is something along the lines of, I know you know me well. We've socialized together. You've heard me bitch about dates I've had. I'm trying a new approach to evaluating myself that I'm hoping you can assist with. And what I need, and I hope you're going to help me with this, what I need is for you to be blatantly honest with me. Now again, you have to let them know that just by saying, oh, you are perfect the way you are, or the right person will appreciate you when you find them, etc., While those comments are made for you to feel better about yourself and let you know that they're there to be by your side as a friend, you have to drive home the point better. Something like, I really appreciate your kindness and friendship. That shows you really care about me. But life is short, and finding a relationship is something that is very important to me. And there must be traits or behavior that are getting in the way, and I need to discover what those pieces of the puzzle are so that I can have a better chance at finding the right guy. So, I need you to be as dead honest as you can be. Why aren't people wanting to date me? Would you date me if we weren't friends? What can I change about myself to increase my chances of finding this relationship. Please, I need your help. Please help me. Now, that person may respond to that. They may give you the feedback that you're looking for, or you might have to say this to multiple people until you start to get the feedback information that you want. And it's fine if you get several people's opinions, but Remember, you kind of have to have a tough skin about this. It's not the easiest thing to hear. But if you hear it, you don't comment, you don't try to argue the point back about anything. You just take that information and, and let it sit in your head and ruminate about it for a little while and see if there isn't some truthfulness to that that could be helpful to you. Now, most friends, of course, are going to be very unsure how to proceed. Many will be afraid that if they are honest, as in, hey, your breath always smells terrible, or you always make scenes in public that might be embarrassing to a boyfriend, or I think realistically you drink too much and most people don't want to be around you when you drink, or honestly, you have a hygiene problem, you have really bad body odor. All those things are going to be really hard for someone to tell you, and they might be quite difficult to hear from them. But again, you don't want to argue the point back with them. You are asking them to give you information, information that you truly need and want. And therefore, you don't need to justify why you acted the way you did or how you drink or any of that. You just have to listen and be open to that information. They might fear that you will turn on them and hold it against them, especially if you've had a history of that. 
or if you do get in certain moods that they are saying that you get into, and thus by them telling you this information, you start to get into that mood, you got to watch yourself carefully. It's imperative, absolutely imperative, that you have a thick skin and let them know, and you must follow through on this, that you're going to take it as constructive criticism and that you won't hold anything against them. And you have to, have to, follow through on that. Otherwise, you won't get truthfulness in the future. I know this will be a difficult thing to get a friend to do. Your feelings might get hurt a bit. But in reality, aren't all these things something that you'd want to know? Wouldn't you want to know if you have bad body odor and people are avoiding you? Or that if you make scenes in public, that they embarrass people? Because all these things are maybe not just something that keeps you from getting a boyfriend, but they may be things that are keeping you from having more friends, or the reason why you aren't invited to parties when all your other friends are. Someone has to care enough to tell you. Now, I am absolutely notorious for being honest with my clients about these kinds of things. Sometimes they aren't happy at all. <laughs> really, honestly, they're not happy at all sometimes to hear this stuff. But in my role as a trainer, we talk about our lives. And after hearing people moan and groan over and over of, why can't I find a boyfriend? I ask them, do you really want an honest assessment of why? Some take my answers to heart, and I've been thanked at times, many times, because someone didn't realize that they were doing or acting a certain way, and once they became aware of it, they corrected it, and it made such a difference in their lives. Others, well, they still haven't changed. Not yet, anyways. But I think that they have given it a lot of thought, and some people, it, you know, takes different amounts of time and thought in order to come to a certain place. As an example, I'm going to tell you that I have asked many times of people to give me an honest opinion about myself for various reasons. And when I have found the right people who know me well enough, who love me well enough to tell me the truth, and quite honestly, yeah, sometimes I've had my feelings hurt. But after I thought about things, after I processed it, after I realized that the person was telling me this because they care about me and that I asked for it, then I can't really be upset. And I don't think most people could be upset. An example of what I'm talking about, going back probably 20 years or so, 25 years or so, I was at a point where I was not making much money. I was having a really hard time even just paying my rent and eating because my business was new in Boston. I had moved it from Cape Cod to Boston and I was struggling, quite honestly. And ever since high school, I have loved wearing baseball hats. I wore baseball hats when I had a full head of hair. I wore baseball hats when I was losing my hair. I wore baseball hats when I had my hair piece on. <laughs> <laughs> and now I wear baseball hats when I've shaved my head. But back then, when I was really poor, 
I had to make baseball hats last. I couldn't be buying new ones. And unfortunately, what would happen is I would work out in my baseball hats and I would sweat and then I would train clients. And over time, my baseball hats became really, I guess, kind of smelly. When I'd take them off after I was sweating, there would be this horrible odor. I never noticed this until actually, till people told me. Then I, I did realize it. But I didn't realize it until one of my clients was kind enough to say, Joey, you probably don't realize it. You're such a sweetheart. You probably just don't even think about this. But when you take your baseball hat off, it really smells. And thank God that person told me that. Because probably now, 20 years later, if I hadn't fixed that, maybe I wouldn't be married. Maybe Paco wouldn't have dated me because every time I took off my baseball hat, it stunk really bad. So I sure wouldn't want to marry somebody that smelled really bad. So I appreciated that person doing that for me. My friend Matt had a breath problem. He was a, a sweetheart of a guy. I adored him. But he, un, unbeknownst to me, he used to chew tobacco, which is to me like one of the most disgusting things a person could do. Chew tobacco and then spit that crap out in a cup. Ugh. But he didn't floss his teeth, ever. And so what happened is all of this tobacco crud got stuck in between his teeth and his breath was horrible. I never said anything to him about it, but even my clients that knew him and would socialize sometimes with him would say, oh my God, someone should really tell him about his breath. And I suppose if my friend was still alive and it still was that, case now, I probably would say something to him because he was frustrated too in not knowing why people weren't dating him. And we all kind of said to ourselves, that's why people don't want to date him. And I didn't have the balls to say something I should have. Other people didn't either. And unfortunately, my good friend Matt died and he didn't have anyone at that time. And it, it was, it was sad for sure. So it really, really can make such a difference in your life. And so I'm going to leave it there. There's a lot to ponder about what I said. I, I realize that. Many of you will disagree with this. The quote, you should be yourself, unquote, folks. Or the quote, let people discover things themselves, unquote, group. Well, in a perfect world, yes, I would completely agree with that. One of my unpopular yet truthful comments to people quite often are, you are aiming too high in dating. People who are average-looking people are always chasing the most beautiful guys, and then they get their hearts hurt. I've talked about that in previous episodes some people have disagreed with me and said so. Some people agree with me that we aim sometimes too high in what we're seeking in a partner. Disagree if you want, but if you're interested in any of that, it's in my past dating episodes. Uh, you might want to check that out. So 
By all means, please, if you'd like, you can disagree with all of this. But if you're in your 50s and still, still looking for Mr. Right, maybe hearing some of these things will finally help you. Would you rather I be politically correct and just encourage you to be yourself and forget all this? That's probably the right thing for me to say. But by me being politically correct, you would just continue in your loneliness. So I stand by my beliefs. Don't rush to agreement or disagreement with me. Think about it all. Consider at least trying to use this exercise. It takes some balls to do it. It takes some balls on the part of your friends to do it. But if you really want to make a change, I think this is an awesome way to do it. I always welcome positive changes in my own appearance or in my own behavior, and I'll bet if you open your mind and your heart to it, you could welcome these changes too. So, hate mail <laughs> and whatever couple of agreements I might have in all my thousands of listeners, please feel free. You're always welcome to make a comment about my analysis at show at gmail.com. Really, seriously, I'd like to hear from you on it. Meanwhile, I wish you much luck in your improved dating experiences in the future. I hope you all have an awesome Thanksgiving. I believe this Thanksgiving Day on that date of this coming Thursday is only a United States thing. But wherever you may be in this world, maybe this coming week you could just stop doing whatever you're doing just for a few moments and just kind of thank the universe and nature and life that you're still alive, you're still kicking, you're still aging, and truly, I say it a lot, but I believe it from my heart, the best is yet to come for all of us. This is Joey Hernandez. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back next time. Please check out the YouTube channel of An Older Gay Guy Show. On Tuesday, I'll be posting a really nice video on Paco's birthday this year, his 37th birthday, where I took him horseback riding. He had never been on a horse before, and I hadn't been since I was a little child. So please check out that video. It will be on the YouTube channel on Tuesday. Next week, I will bring you yet another interesting story episode. I think you'll like it. So please, subscribe to the podcast. I'd love to have you as a regular listener. Once again, my thanks to Pride48.com and also TomBertz.com. Happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you soon, folks. Bye for now.